So appreciate you. Well, Isaac, Dana, Dean Briggs, come on out. We're going to take a little bit of time to recap and then do a part two of a conversation that we began on Wednesday afternoon. As, you've been, as you know, we've been doing those live broadcasts at noon on Wednesdays. And this, this particular one was very enjoyable, very, it just went in some really sweet directions. And so as we were preparing for tonight, we felt like we wanted to kind of push a bit and really emphasize the themes of what came up. And so to, to give a quick recap, and then I'd love to hear your impressions of Wednesday, the, the parts that stood out to you as best as you can put them in context. But the, uh, but the general theme is this, as we've been exploring and, and lingering, okay, real fast, Isaac, you have to tell the thing that Mike Rizzo said in your meeting. It's so good. I know it's, I, know it's, I just went way out of the blue, but it's so good because it's, it's a great phrase for the, where the Lord has us right now. Well, Mike, if you're here, I hope you uh, are okay with this, wherever you are. Oh, yeah. I should have asked first. I love you, Mike. No, he gives us permission. I'm sure of it. Anyways, he had a... Uh, I'm not going to go into the details of any of it, but he had a medical procedure where a stent was put into his kidney. And he was just reflecting. He's part of the pastoral team here. Uh, he and his wife, Anne, man, they're just such gems, such a treasure to this house, have encouraged so many people and he was just talking about this medical procedure, how the Lord was talking to him about it. Two different things he said. He said, number one, he said, when you have a stint in your kidney, it's like you can't get away from what's happening internally. And he said, I feel like, to paraphrase what he was saying, I feel like the Lord has taken this Revelation 3 stint and put it into IHOPKC, into our family and you can't get away from the work. And the, the stent opens up, you know, the flow. And, and, and I'll spare you the details. But you get the idea. You can't get away from it. That's the point. And it's healing. And the Lord is so committed to us. He's put this stint into our hearts, into our spiritual family that we can't get away from. And then he said the second thing. This just struck me because of the many, you know, years in youth ministry and all the songs we sing with teenagers and as teenagers of like, I'll give you my life, God, I'll go anywhere for you, I'll do anything. We write all these blank checks to God. Do you know that God takes those prayers seriously? He doesn't wait till you're 18. He doesn't wait till you're 21. He's not like, wow, you're immature, I will not take you seriously. And so Mike was just sharing how the Lord is cashing in the blank checks of his life. How many blank checks has this spiritual family written from that global prayer room and sent up to the Lord? Lord, whatever you want to do. Here he goes, okay. <laughs> and I mean, he's answering us, yes. but it's not in the way that we wanted or maybe with the message that he wanted. Anyways, Mike and, and Rizzo, I love you guys so much and thank you for letting me share that. And so, so the idea is that the Lord However much we'd want to move on, the Lord's like, I love you, but no, we're going to linger here. We're going to spend some time. I've been talking to pastors and churches this week a bit, just talking to their teams, and, 
and uh, just reflecting what's happening here. And I've been asking the question, have you ever heard of a spiritual family, a church, taking four weeks on the Laodicean church, four, five conversations a week and side conversations in coffee shops and homes and, and beyond where, where, I mean, so many are not just lingering, they're engaging in the conversation. And I, I personally haven't really heard of anything quite like this. So I'm thankful to the Lord. I'm thankful to the Lord at the fruit that we're seeing, but what we wanted to talk about on Wednesday and tonight is we wanted to acknowledge and, and really talk through a bit the demonic dynamic of where we're at, the, d- the demonic assignment against us. One thing that is clear to me just over the last, I've been saved since I was 12 years old, and growing up, you know, saved at 12, etc., I didn't really hear a lot about demons that seemed biblical. I, I heard sensational stuff or fringe stuff, but I haven't heard a lot of, you know, just biblical pastoral conversations about very real demonic assignments and assaults of the enemy against our assignment. And it, we wanted to acknowledge that and talk about that so that we could get a bit clear that this isn't just, hey, you got some issues that the Lord wants to heal. This is something beyond that. We, we believe that this is a demonic assignment against this people and beyond because Mike said it, the, the global church is going to be delivered from a Laodicean spirit before the Lord returns. But, but I, I've been reflecting on us specifically how this spirit, this demon, this demonic power works against us and against our assignment as intercessors by getting us into discouragement or distraction or despair or busyness. To get us out of prayer is the success of this demonic assignment. And that, it struck me, you know, I think this, the demonic power that opposes us takes our assignment more seriously than perhaps we do. And so it is fixed on its mission to take us out of the place of prayer and get us into lethargy and complacency. So to begin to explore that a bit, we went into on Wednesday the spirit of accusation that follows that kind of oppression, the nature of the spirit of accusation, which I want to... Wait, wait, you got to get that microphone on because you dropped about 10 bombs. So if that's not working, we're, we're done. This... We didn't go into the spirit of accusation. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> talked about the we spirit talked of about accusation. It. Yeah. yeah, I started accusing Dean. It was really ugly. And so, <laughs> and so we began to explore the spirit of accusation that follows this kind of demonic assault, this kind of demonic oppression, and the nature of accusation, which I'd love to revisit. I mean, even if you heard it on Wednesday, it'd be so good to, to camp out there a little bit. And then we talked about at the end, how do we break free? How do we overcome? Because again, we want to be healed and delivered related to the affliction of our soul. But when it comes to demonic assault, I love what Stuart Greaves said. When it comes to demonic assault, we want to drive it into the sea. We don't want to just get free personally. What Stuart said that encouraged me so much was that As we get free, as the demonic assault is broken over our lives and that lethargy is broken, 
It's, it's the, I don't want to just be free. I want to drive it into the sea. I want to see every single one of my friends, my family members, everyone I know delivered from this oppression that we would begin to fight for one another related to this and dream of seeing one another free. That's the glory of what the Lord is touching us with right now. Not just individual liberty, but a corporate deliverance. What's interesting is, you know, we shared uh, Howard Pittman's word a few weeks ago. Mike did, and he, you know, Howard Pittman is the guy, he wrote the book Placebo. It was about the Laodicean spirit. It was about a, about a bunch of things, but one of the key messages in there was the Laodicean spirit. So he writes one other book that I know of, and it's called An Eyewitness Account of Demons. So he writes these two books together, and like Dave's highlighting, the importance of understanding that there's a real demonic assignment against us. Well, he wrote these two books. What's interesting is the heavenly encounter that Mike was referencing, that the Lord confirms, you know, with a sign in the heavens and, and uh, many other ways. The Lord goes out of his way to confirm that that heavenly encounter has significance for us related to the Laodicean spirit in particular. And from that same encounter, he writes the second book. That's the key point, that from one encounter, he writes about the Laodicean spirit that's on the church and the reality of the demonic that's afflicting the church. And so that was just kind of something that struck us today as we were discussing it, that in, in addressing the reality of the demonic and what to do about it as a people, we were accidentally hitting the vein that Howard Pittman was in in his public ministry related to those two points and where the Lord wants to take the church. And so I love the help of the Holy Spirit. So I think one key thing that we hit at the beginning um, is that, uh, you know, the way that the Lord has kind of given us insight into this being demonic, there's oppression, the lukewarm spirit, all of that. Also, to understand, I think many of us are hitting um, the kickback as there's repentance, how much does the enemy rage against that repentance when our hearts start awakening, when we start going, God, I want to be awake. I want to repent. I don't want to agree with this thing. There's a kickback. There's a rage that comes back at us. And to, to be aware of that is how we are girded to continue to move forward in overcoming it. Isaac, tell, however you want to tell it, the story of the author in the evangelical world that was preaching what, what we've been preaching and what happened. Yeah, I think it's, it's just along these lines of we need to be aware as a spiritual family that as we move forward in addressing the Laodicean spirit, that there's going to be a real attack from the enemy and to gird ourselves individually and to gird ourselves corporately. And the Lord wants us very in tune with that. And there are many, many, many stories. I'm sure many of you that are here or listening online have stories where the Lord begins to highlight a particular issue. You make war on it and things get much worse before they get better. Hello, anybody here done that before? Three of you. So for the rest of you, this story may inspire, you know, there's a, there's a gal um, and she, she's preaching at this church and she be, she's talking about things related to the Laodicean spirit and transformation that comes to the cross and the power of Christ. And uh, she does the first service. She goes out into the lobby for the second service. This lady approaches her and she basically begins to manifest the demon. This woman does, begins to talk with this demonic voice and says, stop what you're saying. We're coming after you. I mean, real eerie, weird. She goes back in the service. 
tells the security guard, hey, this lady's like threatening me. I don't know what's going on. This is weird. She gets back up to preach the second service and begins preaching on the same thing, the cross, transformation, overcoming, you know, the evil one and, and demonic influence in our life and the power of the flesh. And all of a sudden, they hear this blood-curdling scream. They're at this big mega church, you know, a few thousand people in the room, ah, you know, whatever. And the lady's like, I know who that is, I bet. And then all, all of a sudden, boom, the power goes out in the building. Then they're trying to get the lights back on, but they can't. The backup generator fails. Then the backup generator to the backup generator fails. They kind of, I guess, dismiss the service. The lady goes home gets hit so hard from the enemy, accusation, doubt, swirl, just this sea of sewage and muck. She spirals out for like 18 months, begins to question her faith, begins to have doubt and da-da-da-da. We're not saying this so that you go freak out and be like, oh my gosh, you know, you're just waiting for the moment to come where the, you know, the 800-pound sloth is going to jump on your back and <laughs> ride you like a pony. But while we're saying it, why we're saying it, I got that from Dan Bohai earlier. He goes, hey, I'm going to get this 900-pound sloth off your back. <laughs> anyway, it's gone. He said it's gone, so I, I believe. Um, the reason that we're saying that is because we want to be spiritually sober, and we want to have a, a seriousness in girding our spirits and to fight for one another. And there is a, you know, we have the phrase that we've said over the years, new levels, new devils. There's a, an invitation from the Lord in victory as he's rescuing many in the body of Christ from this Laodicean spirit. And as he does, there is a commensurate level of agreement with his will in our life, in our private life, that we have to say yes to to maintain the victory. This is not a joke. This is not a game. We're not playing games. There's a real devil. There's real demons, and he's trying to take you out, get you into despair, destroy your marriage, destroy your health, destroy your family. We have to do warfare as a spiritual people through righteous and holy living, through prayer, through taking communion, through praying for one another, having conversations with one another in the midst of this. And so in this story, how did be she alert. get out of the 18-month swirl? She ends up going to some friends and going, hey, this is what's going on in my life. And so she really begins to lean on brothers and sisters in Christ who then go to war with her. And that's, that's a huge part of this, I think, is the spirit, is this isolation that comes. We imagine I'm the only one under this, and I'm just in the swirl of accusation. I'm in the swirl of doubt and just I can't get out of it. That's why the body of Christ is called the body of Christ, and we're a spiritual family. We need to get brothers and sisters into the fight with us and go, hey, this is what's going on. Talk to me. Pray for me. Fight with me in the midst of this. Dean. I, I'm on cue, right? <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I think that the entire idea of the cosmic war is such a neglected area of... of uh, familiarity and discernment in the body of Christ. We talk about assignments, and we kind of have the mindset that these are these one-off things. Now, planet Earth is a battle zone, and the, and the body of Christ has been comprised to overcome and be victorious, but we would be foolish to pretend that there isn't a battle. And so, to me, the whole idea of the cosmic war and the individual assignments and the collective assignments 
drives us right back to Revelation 12, which is what we've been in for a year or two, the accuser of the brethren, because that's the way that this most practically manifests in all of our lives. The accuser of the brethren in our own thoughts, accusing us uh, to ourselves, you fool, you stupid, you, you know, you'll never beat this. Why? There you go. You did it again. You said you were going to fast by day three. You're eating Pringles and yogurt, you know, that sort of thing. Hey, this is not prophesied at any time. Just keep, <laughs> keep on track. Yeah. And, and, and at the same time, the way we accidentally and intentionally become co-opted by the enemy as deputies of accusation against one another, that is the 900-pound sloth in the room. Not really a sloth, but it's the 900-pound demon that is in every room, in every home, in every marriage, in every relationship, and in every person's life to overcome that by the blood of the Lamb, to overcome that by an understanding of His grace and mercy, that He has answered every accusation at the cross, and He has settled every uh, uh, assignment against you in that way, and we appropriate that by faith and grace, and then we release that in blessings to one another, and they release it to us. Stuart raised the point because when he was younger in Suriname, they had sloths. He, he's very familiar with them. And one of the things that he mentioned to me, he said, actually, as much as we might, you know, mock the idea of a sloth being dangerous, actually, they, they have really long, sharp black nails. And when they get a hold of something or you, they don't let go. And so the, the imagery isn't the slow, kind of silly creature. The imagery is of the creature with the strong hands that when it, get, when it grips you, it, it is very difficult to dislodge. The, the reason that that matters, it's twofold. Number one, again, we're not just warring against flesh and blood, and we're not just warring against our own soul. There's a real assignment against us that we need to be aware of. And then number two, Isaac's point, we need to not underestimate our foe. He is formidable. Grace is greater the cross is more powerful, Jesus more glorious, but at the end of the day, if we are casual about the war that we are in, or if we don't live as if we're in a war at all, I like how Mike says it, we're not on a cruise ship. Sometimes we live our Western Christianity related to how we feel, and the Lord goes, you're not always going to feel great when, you're, when bullets are flying when you're in a war, your emotions aren't always going to be what you want them to be, and the circumstances aren't always going to work out, but we are in a war. Yeah. And if we as intercessors take our assignments seriously in the context of war and then war for one another, it's a different ballgame. And I, that brings us full circle to what you said at the beginning and what you just said, and that's where I kind of want to segue into this formidable foe the way in which, I want to talk about what we talked about Wednesday, the way in which we actually empower that foe related to accusation. That, the, that the, the oppression that makes us weary and lethargic or distracted and busy or worse, disinterested in a very jealous, passionate bridegroom. That foe that's pressing against us, we give power to with our very own words related to one another. 
And that's kind of why, if you, if you can stir, unpack that a bit, I want to I wanna stay there for a moment. Well, I, I'm going to kick it over to Isaac because you dropped two verbal bombs. Well, you say what they were. Because if they struck you, I want to hear yeah. how they struck you. Well, he said accusation. He said, it, he said it in two different ways. Accusation is satanic intercession, and it is uh, demonic prophecy. Prophecy. Accusa the spirit of accusation, when we participate in it, what the enemy is doing against us is a satan satanic prophecy over our own lives and, and a, an unceasing demonic intercession against us. And when we participate in that, we're doing the same thing against others. And, and I mean, that's just such a odious, wretched thought that I would be operating in uh, that degree of participation with the little things I excuse. Well, I just, you know, I've got a little gossipy thing going on over here, and I couch it in, well, I'm looking for some people to pray for so-and-so. But what I'm really doing is capitalizing on their weakness and prophesying to uh, an outcome for them that is not the Lord's outcome. Right. And... and uh, that, that's a troubling thing because we buy into it without even knowing it and we end up deputized under the anointing of the enemy to do his work for him. I think, you know, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So the opposite of that would be our testimony without Christ. Accusation is the final verdict without the cross. When we are accused, it's the final verdict but without the redemptive work of Christ. He has the power to take away our filthy garments and give us clean robes. Why? Because of his blood and because of the power of the cross. So when we accuse our brother, like Dean is saying, I love what you said earlier, you said we're co-opted by the evil one. Where our mouth becomes a, a mouthpiece, not for the Lord, but for the evil one to speak accusation. Or our mind is hijacked by that accusatory spirit to malign and when we speak accusation or think accusation against our brother and sister and it happens in the most subtle ways it is coming to a verdict about them bypassing the cross of Jesus it is it is declaring the end in the words of Christophelon declaring the end from the beginning we're in the judgment seat of Christ and we're not supposed to sit there and so we've got to get out of that hostile uh, environment. We've got to get out of being co-opted by the evil one and accusing one another outside the redemptive purposes of God. Who are we to say so-and-so is not qualified to do so-and-so and da-da-da-da-da? -and -so and All of the thoughts that just come to our mind so quickly, so often subconsciously, and then we begin to entertain them, and we're meditating on it, we're meditating on this kind of what, I, what I'm calling demonic prophecy, declaring someone's identity, declaring their calling, but on the, the opposite spectrum of where the Lord sees them and, and loves them and enjoys them and paid for them. Yeah, and again, so that the enemy gets us twice, meaning he's seeking to bring us into this lukewarm spirit, which 
If you think about the lukewarm spirit, it is an assault on the heart of our living. It is an assault on the first commandment. It is an assault on communion with Jesus, fellowship with Jesus, friendship with Jesus. I mean, it is to get us indifferent to Jesus, dull towards Jesus. So that's, it, it helps us to know what he's aiming at. But again, once we seek to break away from that, repent. Once the Lord stirs us and we're hungry and we're awakening, there is another assault that comes. And, and I think we've been hitting that. We've had an urgency in the, in the last days and weeks to pray for one another because as there's repentance, there's that kickback from the enemy. So to be aware of that. And that's so key. Because the key point in tying this together is here we are, as a family, the Lord's convicting us. He's giving us dreams. He's setting us free. And as we're kind of climbing out and coming into this joy of breaking free of lethargy and, and dullness, the second wave, this is the, this is the pain point. The second wave of assault from the enemy comes riding the chariot of our own words against one another. That's, that's the pain point, that when our brethren in this spiritual family are knocked back the second time into despair or discouragement, it's actually our own words that are complicit in participation with a demonic strategy. We just call it complaint. We just call it processing. We just call it needing to get something off of our chest. But the enemy adds demonic fuel to those words and strikes our brethren in really painful ways. My wife had a dream this week, and in the dream, or it was last week, in the dream, she was seeing you know, a worship leader nationally. She was seeing a worship leader, and, and it was like she could hear his thoughts, and his thoughts were despair and dark depression and self-hatred, and the Lord shows her that the thoughts were the product of arrows that were being fired by the brethren that were demonically charged. She tells me the dream, I'm stirred. She's stirred. I tell a few others, we're stirred. We, uh, just quick little note, I just want to say this to encourage our GPR worship teams. The IHOPU leadership team this week, we just, we decided, we've already started doing this. We've decided to the measure that we're in the prayer room with you, every transition we've committed, the whole team, and the whole team covers almost the entire span of the 24-7 schedule. We want, we want to get the rest of our IHOPU staff and faculty signed up for this. We're committed to this, and we're committed to this. Every transition in this season, we're committed. We, we just want to take a few minutes, and I've been doing it. I love it. It's just caused me to fall in love with our teams even more. Just praying for you praying that the Lord would break the spirit of accusation, praying that the Lord would clear the air for our singers, for our worship leaders. If you're clapping, I'm taking your clap as commitment to join me. I really am. No, can you imagine if our entire intercessory community, just for a few minutes, every transition began to go to war for our worship teams? 
Do you know what would happen to the prophetic spirit, the water level of their ability to prophesy on a microphone? Because the traffic, the air is cleared related to the accusation of the evil one. And they don't have to think about the 10 slime points the enemy's throwing at them. The 10 doubts and anxieties that are getting exaggerated by demonic energy. And that's clear. And they can just listen to the Lord. Oh, the prayer room goes to another level if we fight for our prophetic singers, our musicians. Pray for that bass player to prophesy rather than wonder if he fits in with the team. Just all the stuff that hits you, just so much. You talk to any singer, they'll tell you, oh, it hits me. Every time I'm walking off that platform, that's why we pick the transition points. Because we want to pray for the team that's exiting that there would be no residual impact from the evil one. And the team that's coming, let them prophesy, not be struck by demonic arrows. I think there's unction on this, Dave, and I think this is a transactional moment. If you're feeling stirred by the vision and clarity of what Dave is saying, I want to ask, in the grace of God, it's not a legalistic thing. You might forget five days in a row and remember one, whatever it is. But if you are regular in the prayer room or an occasional visitor, would you just commit in the grace of God for five minutes at the beginning of every set, you are going to go to war on behalf of. Raise your hand if that's you. If you're willing, I'm I'm wanting the Lord to touch you and mark you with this. Let's fight for them uh, in, in the way it's, it's Zechariah 3. It's, it's asking the Lord to put holy as the Lord, the crown of, of, of holy as the Lord, where Zechariah as the prophet gets caught up in what he sees the Lord doing and he participates in it. The Lord clears the blame from Joshua, but it is Zechariah in a prophetic mode, in a priestly intercessory mode that adds to his destiny and calling. So let, let's... Let's do this as a family. Let's fight for those on stage. And so I, I just appreciate everyone who raised your hand. Me too. I, I, I'd love to even take it the next step. You don't have to do this, but, but if, you're a G, if you're in the GPR, you're on a worship team, singer, musician, section leader, they need our prayers as well. Singer, musician, section leader, worship leader, and you're going, you know what? I'm in. I, I want that because I get hit. I've been taking those hits. I would love that prayer. I want that, I want that covering of the Lord to break the, to break the accusation and his power over my heart. If that's you, I want you to stand. We want to pray for you right now, actually. Yeah. I want to add what Corey said on the thing. Isaac just brought it up. Say it. Corey said, out of Zechariah 3, when, when he entered into that moment, he saw the Lord clothed Joshua, removed the filthy rags, and then Zechariah in the dream encounter said, put the turban on his head, restore his place and calling and crown. Corey said it so well, he said, your deliverance is in my mouth and my deliverance is in yours. That's so good. This is a, let's put in our mouth their deliverance. Dana, pray for them. I'll jump into it at the end. So you don't feel like I'm always designating you the prayer girl. <laughs> yes, Lord, we bring to you these noble ones. Yeah, lay hands on them if you're around them. Yeah. Lord, we say yes and amen to who they are, to those who stand in the house of the Lord. Lord, we ask for your covering by your spirit. Lord, we call forth all that is in them, all that you have put in them, the song of the Lord the instruments, the music 
the prophetic spirit, we call it forth. And Lord, we ask that you would drive back the accuser in the name of Jesus. We say no to accusation. We say no to the oppression. We say no to the heaviness and to the questions that come. In the name of Jesus, we break that power in Jesus' name. And by the blood of Jesus, we cover them. We bless them. We say yes to who they are in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask for fire on our singers and musicians and worship leaders and section leaders. We ask for fire right now. We ask that you would clear the air. We take authority right now. Yes. We take authority over every lying spirit. We take authority over the spirit of accusation. Yes. We break the power of the lies of the yes. enemy right now. We ask for an exposing of the lie in the name of Jesus. The yes. lies that we've accidentally believed, the lies that we've accidentally taken to heart, right now we break the power of that break in it. Jesus' name. And we declare, let the air be clear hey, over our man. intercessors. Air be clear over our worship teams. Yes. Let the air be clear that they would prophesy. We speak life and a prophetic spirit and authority. Let it come upon them in the name of Jesus. Release new authority, release new anointing, increase the prophetic spirit. We ask, clear the air, Lord, in Jesus' name. Right, Break all of it in, now in Jesus' name. Let's just raise our voice and cry, Grace, Grace over them. Yes. Grace, Grace. Grace grace, 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 grace in the spirit, grace, grace to overcome, grace, grace to yes. be built up in your inner man, filled with the riches of the knowledge of God, grace, grace. Matt Candler, come on up. We're going to do something a little bit different. It just flows right out of what we just did. So this is a good place to to do it. Um, I'd like Andrew to come up, if you would, please. Andrew Meek. I want to take a few minutes and just begin to take what Dave just Uh, and Dana and praying over one another and Dean did um, and take it to a personal place. One of the great gifts that the Lord has deposited in our midst here through um, so many decades of the Lord training us in learning how to hear and respond to his voice and what we call just simple prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, speaking words of comfort, exhortation and edification over one another really just God's narrative. As Isaac said, the testimony of Jesus, what he thinks, sees, feels about one another. And not, though it can be general, a a simple impression, and we give expression to it, whatever whatever it might be, we just want to take a moment, and we want to facilitate that if if Elise would come up, come on up, Elise. Dan Bohai, come on up here if you want to. Yes, you. Yeah, I just, one of the things that just out of the conversation that we just had. Kirk Bennett, as, Lee Bennett. As the um, demonic prophecy is the accusation of the enemy. The Lord wants to invite us. This is one of the ways that we overcome is he wants to invite us into the statements of Jesus over one another. 
He wants us to actually have eyes to see the beauty. Each one of us carry specific things in the grace of God. The beauty that Jesus put in each one that is to be the impartation that as a whole edifies and causes us to all grow up together in him. And so the reach for prophesying over each other is the reach that we would overcome the assault of the enemy, the accusation of the enemy by the narrative of Jesus, by the statements of Jesus. And this works out so practically. We actually need, the Lord's inviting us to look at one another and ask Jesus, Jesus, who is Rachel in God? Like, who is she to you? What are the secrets? What are the things you've put in her? Who is Diane? Like, who is she? What have you deposited in her? And then to get that storyline and speak it over each other. Speak the narrative of Jesus. And the, the Lord wants to invite us into that dialogue as our way of overcoming and driving out the accusation of the enemy. So we want to facilitate just a, a moment where what, what I love about what what Mike has highlighted over decades and John Wimber and Paul Kane, we want to make it supernaturally natural to learn how to ask the Lord, what do you think about so-and-so? Um, and so what we wanna do is we wanna take a time, we wanna dial down and ask the Holy Spirit right now, because what we're gonna do is we're, a, a few of us might highlight a person or two just and do simple prophecy, pray over them, just as we did over the worship leaders, but one-on-one. But we want all of us to do it because it's clear that we are all called to prophesy. So this isn't watching and seeing what's going on primarily. This is right now, I want to invite everyone just to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, anyone that you want to highlight right now, let's just do this right now. Holy Spirit, here we are. Is there anyone in this room or in my family or a friend that you want to you wanna remind me of what you think and feel about them. Doesn't even have to be that you had a dream about them or anything, just a simple picture, a Bible passage, a word of encouragement. Perhaps a person came to your mind three or four times this week and you thought, I haven't said anything to them yet. We just wanna take a moment, Holy Spirit, what do you think? What do you feel for that individual? Lay someone on my heart. And we're going to open it up here. This is um, a time where we can have a free-flowing time. We're not going to break up right now into small groups and prophesy. This is our small group here and even online. If you're with us online and you're there in the chat, the Lord might highlight someone there that you're with. The person that might be highlighted to you might just simply be a text away if they're not here. But even the next moments, if the Lord highlights someone, you're like, I already, I already know who I want to go talk to. I want to just, and I want to pray for them. I want to say a word that the Lord gave to me or a passage. I want to invite you, feel free to do that even now. You can stand and move around. This is a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. And so I want to open it up. Anyone want to jump? Yeah, jump in. Go ahead, Benji. Uh, Rick Wilkerson. Rick, where are you? He, the Lord highlighted him too. Just stand up, Rick. Can you stand up? And, and summer too. It was October 2018. 
the, the Lord was telling me that the enemy almost, almost took you out. And God is saying, he lied to you because you're a spiritual father in this house. Yes, you are. And the, in the accusation against your leadership is actually the greatest compliment on the other side from God saying, you are a pillar here. Yes. You're loved. You're needed. And God is, I, I, I feel the Lord saying to you, this is the year for you, my son, to arise and take your position. And all your enemies, look around you, they're gone. They're gone. And God is giving you more than a fresh start. He's giving you a new ground. And he's putting a name, a tag, a name tag on you to have authority over people. So go and look into people's eyes and speak destiny. You're not disqualified. You, I, I just feel the pleasure of, of the Lord over you, Rick. Let's you just are, pray for him. Yeah, let's just pray for, for him. Let's and anyone else, if the Lord's highlighting someone in the room right now, feel yeah. free to stand. Go ahead and just start praying for them. You Speak are about to see fruit in your life like never before this year. Father, we prophesy over your son yes, of our friend. Life, fruit abundantly. You were pruned because of the past were su was successful. Now God is allowing you, these last two years, you abide in Him. Now new fruit is coming through you and we're gonna benefit out of it. Amen. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit will increase in His life right now. His marriage as a father of three. Holy Spirit, pour out yourself unto Him. We need Him as a father, Lord. You're transitioning Him from a father in the house to a father in the house of prayer. Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, release the grace and the portion for this year in Jesus' name. So, amen. What I want to highlight here is it's very normal that when the prophetic spirit starts moving, the spirit of prophecy, that likely five or ten of you, when Benji mentioned Rick, you said, yes, he was highlighted by the Lord to me as well. You can text him, you can pray for him tonight or later. This is normal. So, uh, Elise, jump up there. John Chisholm, come up here if you want. Thank you. Is Stavetta Dickerson here? Stavetta. There you are, I see you. Wait, where is she? I don't She's see. She's right in the back. There you are. Stavetta, raise your hand. Oh, there she is, okay, yes. in the bleachers. Earlier today as I was praying, the Lord just brought you to mind and he said, let's I just go ahead and have some people gather around her. Yeah. When She's somebody's right up there highlighted, in the, in the let's just have a couple of people gather around him right instantaneously. And I just feel like the Lord said, I want to highlight Stavetta. And I just want to tell her, thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for choosing joy when you could have given into despair. Thank you for choosing love when you could have chosen bitterness. Thank you for just continually uh, just re-plumb lining. I just feel like you're you're one of those faithful people that just is always plumb lining, re-plumb lining, and again and again and again. You get up every day, and I just feel like the joy of the Lord is your strength, Stavetti, because of just that yes in your spirit that you have made the joy of the Lord your strength. So we just say thank you. We love you, and we need you. So Lord, we ask, Holy Spirit, is there anyone that you want to speak to us about? Lay someone on our heart, even now. Anyone at all, feel free. I just want to continue encouraging us that if you 
You can move amongst the room. You can text someone. We wanna mobilize and activate all of us. The Lord is speaking. He's wanting to break the spirit of accusation even now. I, I see, is that Elijah Baldovinos? Yes, it is. Stand up. I would like Elijah to stand up. And a couple of people gather around Elijah. The Lord highlighted you to me tonight, Elijah. In 2 Kings 6, 17, Elijah prays for Elisha to see the armies surrounding, to have eyes to see in the realm of the spirit. And he says, oh Lord, please open my eyes that he, or please open his eyes that he may see. I feel like the Lord wants to, I'm just gonna pray this, that he wants to open your eyes in this season with the spirit of revelation and make you one that contends for others to see the beauty of Jesus. So Lord, I thank you for this man of God, Elijah Baldovinos. I thank you for your heart towards him. I thank you that you see him, that his life in you and what he has seen and what he will see is only just beginning. Lord, I ask that you would mark this man with the spirit of Elijah, a spirit of prayer that he has not yet known, but he has tasted. And Lord, I ask that you would make him a man that would contend for the eyes of others to be opened in the place of prayer as well. Touch him, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Sharon Dale. I Sharon just, Dale, where are you here? Yes, I saw her. Where are you? There she is, stand up. All right. The question that I heard in my mind was, what am I still doing here? And I felt like the Lord was reaffirming, I have set you as a watchman on the wall. It's not an accident that you're still here. After so many years, I've set you on the wall. And I heard this phrase, if you follow the yellow brick road, it will eventually turn to gold. I don't even know what that means, but I just heard that phrase. And so, Lord, right now, I ask you for sharing a fresh setting tonight on the wall as an intercessor. Lord, we ask that you break off the accusation of the enemy, that question, what am I still doing here? Break it off, God, and bring deliverance and set her into the course. You are a discipler, you are a teacher, you are a leader of young women, and you have much to give to this spiritual family, and you have a great spiritual inheritance here. You are wanted, you are loved, and we cherish you, Sharon. Adam, would you stand up? Adam Wittenberg. As soon as they, I didn't even know we were gonna do this, but as soon as they said we're gonna prophesy, I just felt drawn to you. I feel like the Lord is saying, you've come from the old thing, looking for the new, but you've been looking for so long, the thought or scope of what that new thing has dwindled so much in your heart, it, it, it hardly matters. There's a looking in faith, but a heart sickness, perhaps for the delay or the question of what it is, the uncertainty. I feel like the Lord is writing lines of code on your heart that you don't even know right now. You may not even perceive it, but it's about to produce a revolution in your life. It's about to produce something of such consequence, you will look back and all the tears you'll reap in joy because you'll see that 
all of the delay and the frustration was necessary to have the softness of heart for him to write those lines of code. And you're about to understand it, even if you don't now, but I really believe it's coming. And so God, I just ask that you would usher forth the new thing. I'm asking you to put your finger, even as you did on Sinai, and, and not on tablets of stone, but on the softness, the, the brokenness, the waiting posture of surrender of Adam's heart. Would you write the new thing on his heart and then would you begin to manifest it in his life? Open those doors that have felt closed and bring that thing forth. We call it out prophetically in Jesus' name. I wanna pray for David Candler and Hezekiah Bennett. Y'all stand up. David, I saw you having a harp in your hand like David, and the Lord is going to awaken the Song of Solomon to you, the book of Song of Solomon. And you are going to sing love songs to Jesus like David. I saw you like the shepherd on the hill. And Kaya and David, the Lord has given you guys a friendship like Jonathan and David. And you are both actually psalmists and musicians. And the Lord is going to awaken your heart in the secret place the secret place of your room. I see you at night on your bed playing instruments and the Lord is awakening the song of the Lord in both of you. So Lord, I ask that you would touch these, these young men, Lord, in this house and that you would raise them up with a prophetic spirit like David. David and Jonathan, this relationship that you have given them, Lord, and I, I prophesy over them that they would prophesy on their instruments and that they would touch the heart of God, that they would have a one thing desire all the days of their life in Jesus' name. Before, before we move forward, I just, I just want to again, let's just pause. I want to ask the Holy Spirit, we can get into spectator real fast. The Lord wants to speak through you right now as well. Lord, here we are. Highlight someone in this room and my family. And Father, we pray over her mind. We pray over her eyes. We pray over all of her senses, God, that her hand would be put on your word and it would be clear. We bless you, Natalie. We bless you. You are a sister in the Lord. You are part of this family. And we commission you. Amen. Andy Wan. Oh, you're talking. Andy, hi. <laughs> um, I just, you know, there's so many ways that we love the Lord with, you know, our heart, soul, strength. I just feel like the Lord said, Andy loves me with his mind. Just the thoughts you think. You think just these lofty, awesome thoughts about God. God's just given you this incredible mind that you worship him with your mind. And so I just feel like he wanted to highlight that. He loves the way you worship him with your mind. And I do believe, Andy, that you're entering a season of increased revelation. I feel like the Lord is gonna give you an increase of dreams and visions in the night and just revelations through your mind, ideas. I just feel like there's divine ideas. Um, like, you know, you have a lot of good ideas. I feel like 
there's some God ideas that are coming your way very soon. And I just want to bless you. We need you, Andy. Yes. We love who you yes. are. We need you. You're a father in the yes. house. You know, you're, you are intellectual. Like you, again, you have a really brilliant mind, but you are, you're a father, you're a pastor. You have a shepherd's heart and you often don't find those two together. Um, but you, you love people well. You yes. really love and serve them well. So you're a father in this house. And as a daughter of this house, I want to honor you and say thank you. We love you and we need you. So Lord, I bless Andy. Lord, I do ask for an increase of dreams and visions in the night, Lord, an increase of divine God ideas. Lord, even just in the workplace, as he goes about his day, the people that he encounters, Lord, would you just um, download fresh revelation, fresh manna from heaven over Andy. We bless him in Jesus' name. Good. There's a lady, you're sitting on the back row. You're holding your Bible, and uh, you're... Uh, there was a man with you. I think he has a blue check shirt on. He was right there. Are you two together? Are you married? Yeah. You're not from here. You're from somewhere else, I think. And uh, you're actually in a time of seeking the Lord. The Lord's um, about to do major transition shift for you. Do you have a son that you've been uh, praying for, contending for? Is there a, do you two have a son? No? It could be a spiritual son. I saw a young man like a Jacob, and he's wrestling with the Lord. It could be uh, your, your mentors. You're going to be mentoring people. You're carrying a, uh, the lady, you're carrying a prophetic gift on you, and, um, and uh, there's dreams uh, that are happening with you and this kind of thing. And the Lord's going to use you significantly in the days ahead. Um, but it's a, it's a dual work. It's a... It's a co-laboring together, but it's a major shift that's about to happen. It has to do with uh, your intercessory call as well to, to pray and contend for things and a whole bunch of spiritual activities going to break out around you. Does that mean something to you? Just wave your hand if that means something to you. Okay, cool. Good. There's a young man. Uh, you got a red hat on. You're sitting uh, right down there. Yeah. You, would you stand up? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, there is a, you're, you're about to uh, encounter the Lord. You're about to set your course in life. And what I saw for you was uh, like uh, Joshua, there's about to be a passing of a, a torch in the spirit to you. The Lord's going to grow you deeply in character. In the next session, uh, in the next season of your life, uh, you have a grandmother and, and uh, she's prayed for you many times and just uh, believe for great things for you. And you don't know the half of the prayers, but uh, there is something unique even about your birth that's assigned to you that the Lord's gonna use you in a way you're gonna be a leader of leaders. And uh, the Lord says, uh, just uh, get in front of him, face him. He's about to stand you in front of him in this point of your life. Uh, down here, Seda, could I uh, just, I know someone's praying for you. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just saw written over you. This will be real quick. Just don't stop praying for her. <laughs> you can pray this for her too. Uh, John chapter 17. Uh, I just saw that passage written over your head, over top of you. And uh, it's, it's, it's a scroll. John 17 is actually a scroll. It's hidden. And the Lord's having you eat it. But it's going to bring a whole message into you and through the night 
night watch, but it's not about just messaging it out. You know this. It's about getting that scroll open and it's even going to affect this whole house. The opening up of John 17, he highlighted to me the passage or the verses on glory and said, uh, she's pursuing and seeking my glory and I'm going to show her my glory. And, um, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. So God, I just bless the glory of God that you've put into and to say this heart to just hunger for your glory and to contend for your glory and that the, the whole night watch would get to eat this scroll and to see this scroll opened of John 17 in our generation. In Jesus' name, Laura and Jonas, uh, back in the back, uh, the parks, Laura. Um, I just saw you. I, stand, I saw you standing in two different places. I didn't know where it was. One was in a nation and one was on an island. And you were changing the entire atmosphere. You have a grace on your life to change atmosphere, but to change nations. And you're going to change a nation. And, and it happens to worship. It happens to a power demonstration that's go, going on display through your worship. And, and you are a worship leader and a singer. I saw the, the two of you asleep at night. And the Lord gave you a simultaneous dream. And it was a, it was a prophetic spirit that was visiting your house. And it's for your whole household. It's for your children. But this prophetic spirit is visiting your house. And, and, and you're to believe and contend for prophetic revelation over one another, you and Jonas. And uh, it, it's just wonderful um, what God has for you in that way. There's a couple more answers. So, um, David Forlu, I think we don't know where he just went. There you go. Amen. So I felt, you know, in praying, I felt that the Lord highlighted you to me. And I felt like I, he asked Peter the question. He said, do you love me? And Peter answered, of course, yes. And then, you know, the, his main point was, then feed my flock. And I know that you're working on music right now. And one of the things I feel like the Lord is doing is asking you that question. And as you respond, yes, I love you. Is, is that he's, he's actually giving you what it is that you need to actually edify the body through music, yes, and just in other ways, that he's giving you what you need to actually feed the flock. I say as if you was actually carrying a lamb, and you was taking that lamb, and you was sharing it with different people, and it was actually tasty. And so the Lord is blessing you with what it is that you need provision-wise to do what it is that he have called you to do. And, and it's to feed his flock, to edify the body of Christ in a way that he have called you to, in a way that he, have, he has um, gifted you to. And so I just will agree and pray with everybody over your life right now, David. Um, Lord, we ask you to bless David for a little. With everything that's needed, Father, for him to feed your flock, for him to take what it is that you have given to him, Lord, and to edify the body that you would give to him limbs, so to speak, to, to feed those around him, God. And it's, it's tasty, Father. It's sufficient, Father. So I say, I, I bless you, David, for a loop. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Richard Town, are you here? Sorry, my voice yeah, is not earlier. A, uh, Richard, I don't know if you're here, but right I just want to say, I have felt the spirit of the fear of the Lord upon you. And I just felt the Lord saying, this is the man whom trembles at my word. And I felt the Lord saying, you are my friend. I have one word for Dean. Sorry, excuse me. 
Um, I had a dream couple days ago. In a dream, I was supposed to buy a house, and Dai and Biko came to me and gave me a three hundred thousand dollar check. When I saw the number, I felt the Lord saying, "This is the check for Gideon, and this is what you need to buy your house with." And then Dean came to me as a real estate agent, and I looked at Dean. I said, "This is new." I didn't know he do real estate, and he took me a tour. So Dean Briggs. Yeah, Dean Briggs, and he took me a tour to buy which house, like to show me different houses, and then he showed me the house that I was way too familiar, and I immediately looked at the house, said house, and said, "This is IAPKC property. I'm not gonna leave here. This is IAP's house," and Dean looked at me and he said, "You must buy this house." This must be your place of residence, not your workplace. This is your resting place. You must own it. And immediately, I, I woke up from the dream, and I felt the fear of the Lord. And He told me, "You must own I I H O P. You cannot consider that as your workplace. That is your house value. That is the place of your residence." And I just felt the Lord saying about Dean, Dean. Oh, you, oh, there you go, Dean. Dean, you are the agent that the Lord has sent for this movement to buy and own the value the Lord has put in this house. I just want to say that. This teaches me not to sit back there. I could hardly hear any of that. I've got to listen to the archives now. Sorry. Pray it. Lord, we thank you for sending Dean Briggs. Thank you, Lord. To this movement, Lord, we agree that He is the agent whom You have sent for us to buy the house, to buy the field. Lord, we ask You that You would anoint the messaging department, that You would anoint Dean, Isaac Burrow, and everyone working under him. We ask for a double portion for our messaging department. Let the message go forth. Out of this house, but let us help us to buy the message that you have invested in this house. So, Lord, anointing in a greater measure, Jesus' name. And I, I just want to prophesy over you, Dean, that there is a season of eating the scroll, and then the prophesying is needed. God is shifting something massively, amplifying your your voice into the nations. Lord, we ask. That you will help him, help him. We ask for financial help. We ask for divine ideas. This year, God is going to amplify your voice. You are a messenger, my son. That's what he's saying. You are a messenger. So speak, prophesy. There's going to be abundance translation of even the poetry that is going to unlock people's hearts. When teaching doesn't go into the depths of the heart, I'm going to give you new poetry that is going to unfold my heart for a generation. Father, we ask that you will release him. Lord, we ask that all the spiritual warfare against this messaging calling, Lord, break the chains. Let him fly high in the name of Jesus. So I want to read a, a verse that I think the Lord 
is giving all of us tonight as a prophetic promise of our ultimate victory when we get out of this Laodicean season. Aren't you glad there's hope? Can somebody give God a praise? Come on. So here's the verse. It's, uh, it's Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you, IHOP, KC. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions <laughs> and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's your authority. The enemy's real, the adversary's real, his assault's real, you have authority. You're gonna rise above him because you're seated above him right now in Christ Jesus, amen? Now, God wants to heal a bunch of you tonight. There's an accusation spirit that even as you heard the narrative up here, you felt pain in your body increasing. And it's the lie, it's the enemy. You have authority over him. You, he doesn't literally mean scorpions and serpents. He means everything of the devil, fear, doubt, worry, pain, sickness. You have authority over it, come on. And so we have praise as our greatest weapon. And you guys are known for praise. I had a dream last night and I, I wasn't in sloth. So I'm sorry, it's gonna break the, it's gonna break the stream, but I had a dream about Mike Bickle. Is it okay to talk about Mike Bickle? Because I don't know all your names, but I know Mike. He's my friend. I'll be like Mike, amen? So I had this dream, and Mike, when he was young, he was so searching for that well, the ancient well, that would just gush out and bring revival to this dry and thirsty land. And I see him on this black velvet landscape, and Mike is walking towards the center, and he's looking for this thing and his hunger, and all of a sudden he finds this hole and he starts going deep into this hole. And as he goes deep, this velvet covering starts being pulled in as he goes deep. And what happened was his hunger for the things of the spirit. The other day in the prayer room, God gave me a vision of Mike being a connoisseur of the things of the spirit and that he loves all the things of the spirit. But one day God's gonna mix him a drink that's all the best flavors all in one. It's gonna blow his mind. And it's because he's been hungry to try to find that place where the well can be dug, where the artesian of God's glory can come out. Well, what's happened is all these great leaders that you have up here, all you great leaders, you followed Mike's hunger. And what's happening is as you get in line with that digging deep into the heart of Jesus, it keeps pulling that velvet thing into that hole. And what it's doing is exposing the new wineskin. When we get the depths of God, it's going to create the wineskin and God, you're not gonna be able to contain the glory that God's gonna pour out on this house. It's gonna blow your mind, you guys. It's gonna be like all the prophecies are gonna to come to pass. And I saw, I saw Mike last night in my dream, it was weird. I don't, have, I don't dream about Mike, but I saw him 
digging in this hole. And as he kept going deeper, the velvet kept pulling in there with him and it was exposing all the ground that's the new wineskin. And the more we're willing to lose ourselves in Christ, the faster that wineskin will be developed and God can drench this place with what he's been waiting to pour out on the earth for thousands of years. And we're on the verge, amen? So, so this is the word. If you felt the pain increasing and it's not normal, it's like it's bothering you, I, I wanna propose and prophesy that it is a spirit of infirmity and the devil's trying to get you to shrink back and not go deeper. He's trying to get us to settle for the way it is instead of pushing against the darkness with the authority that we've been given. Come on, you guys. And so if, if the pain in your body tonight is increasing and you wanna step against the pain and take your authority, come on. I want you to come up here and receive healing. I want you to come up here right now and receive healing. Just move fast. Don't wait for the people around you. We're gonna push against the darkness and use the authority that God has given all of us. We are believers. How many are sons and daughters, amen? You, you, nothing will be harm you. Nothing can touch you if you walk in your authority. And so this is, let's just go deeper in our faith. Come on, church, come on. How many believe God's gonna heal all these people? I believe it, I believe it. So Father, I, I just walk in the authority you've given me. I'm your boy, I'm your son. I don't have any more authority than anybody here in the room has. Can I get people to lay hands? Can I get people to lay hands on all these people right now and command the pain, command the disease, command the sickness to leave? We have authority over everything that's of darkness. We have authority over everything that's of the devil. We have the authority. I command sickness to leave. I command disease to leave. I command pain to leave. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, no weapon formed against us can prosper. We're going deeper. We're not gonna settle for the way it is. We're gonna push against the darkness and let our lights shine bright. Let healing come now, God, let healing come. Set everyone free from the spirit of infirmity the spirit of accusation, the author of all this accusation that we settle for, we cast him to hell tonight. We tell him to go back to hell tonight. Let healing come. Let healing come in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Dan, Dan, would you pray for us? I wanna ask you to do this. There's a little boy with a heart problem. Dan wants to pray for you. Who's the little boy with the heart problem? Where are you? Are you here? <laughs> little boy with a heart problem. If that's you, why don't you just come right up over to the corner over here. <laughs> Meanwhile, here's what I'd like to ask of you if you'd do this. I want you to pray for our family. I want you to pray for this spiritual family that Luke 10, that that authority over serpents, that authority over scorpions, that we would increase in our faith and receive fresh grace to walk in our authority over devils. And so I'd like to ask all of us, we wanna receive this, we wanna be a family
that walks in our authority in a new way. I want to invite you all to stand. We're coming to a close tonight, but we want to receive something from the Lord. If you're praying for somebody right now, keep praying. The Lord will anoint you while you pray. You don't have to stop praying and raise your hands. Just, he's good that way. So Father James says that we have the power to resist the devil. And I've often tried to figure out what does it look like to resist the devil? And the only thing I could come up with is the charge for resisting arrest. When someone's trying to grab you, you fight, you kick, you bite, you push, you don't let them grab you. And so Lord, I pray for a resolve to rise up in the hearts of the IHOP KC family to resist the devil. When we resist, he flees. And so God, we're gonna submit to you and we're gonna resist the darkness. We're gonna tread on the darkness. We're gonna trample on the darkness. Lord, we are seated with you. When you were raised, we were raised with you, God. We're your body. We're the body of Christ, seated in the heavenly realms, far above the accuser. So God, give us your perspective. Give us your perspective. Let us believe we are who you say we are. Let us not listen to the lies of the enemy that we have to settle for lower living. Let us believe we are sons of the Most High that walk in authority and walk in power and walk in victory. I pray that impartation over this family. I pray they would receive the reality of the sonship and daughtership of the Most High God. We're the family, we're the body of God, of Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I still know I'm supposed to pray for a heart condition. So somebody bring me somebody that's got a heart problem, I'm supposed to pray for them.
Cross. 